Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're on episode number 47. 47. 47. And today's a very special day because you know what? We're going to be starting <gasps> chapter Seven. Chapter seven. Thank you so much for sticking with us for the first six chapters. We are super excited that you are with us on this journey to make it to the end of this book, which is all 18 chapters. So we're almost halfway there. Yeah. Almost halfway halfway there. So close. Okay. So a recap, right? Um, um, we, I think we finished chapter six and we did kind of a summary of it on its own. So I feel like we can start fresh. What yes, do you guys we'll feel? Start Let's fresh. start fresh yeah. and then do a little bit of a recap because in the already, purport of Yeah. The one. purport has a little bit of yeah. a recap Beautiful. on its own. Yeah. All right. The invocation, ladies, for chapter seven. Om Jnanati Mirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena that's my tree, Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. All right. I'm so excited. For this is seven. an exciting chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters. Yeah. Knowledge. <laughs> I feel like you app. say that about every it's chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters. This <laughs> is, is my favorite chapter. And this is my absolute favorite this verse. Is, I love this chapter. I was chapter, about to get a tattoo. favorite chapter. <laughs> I do say that a lot. I have a lot of favorites. No, but that's good. That's a good She would be covered in Bhagavad Gita text all over her body. I really would, actually. (laughs) All All right. right. Text one. Did we say the title? Knowledge of the Absolute. Yes. And what is the Absolute? Krishna. Krishna. So this is exciting because we're diving into like literally knowledge of Krishna. And in the purport, we're going to dive into it. But like we've been laying the foundation for. Who is Krishna? Who is the Absolute? What like what actually? We haven't really gotten into that. Who is God? Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important because the whole point of this is we've learned. We've learned that, okay, we need knowledge. We need consistency. We need practice. We need meditation. Meditation. We need all these steps, right? Mm -hmm. But all of those steps don't matter as much as developing this relationship with right. Krishna. So now and it's like, well, how Krishna? do we do that? Who is this person? How do yeah. you develop a relationship with anyone? You get to know them. Exactly. Yes. And we've said before, to know someone is to love someone. So go. we are so lucky in Bhakti Yoga to have Krishna's, or I was a God's name, address, how he looks, what he does in his free time. Yep. N- not many other paths. They just say, okay, just, just, Love God. We do have his address. Yeah. We do. We have everything. That's actually what my parents' spiritual master used to say. We have his name and address. That's true. We're lucky. It's important. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of spiritual paths, you know, they don't have like a, a face, right? To, right? to the to the name. Or sometimes they don't even have a name. You know what I like, mean? Yeah. I know Priya once read a little quirky, funny story that's like kind of like along the lines of, yeah, I love my wife. Well, what does she look like? Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I love her. No. What is she like? Uh, oh. no, I don't know. No. But, exactly. Well, what, can you tell me something about her? She's my wife. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. Like to love what kind of relationship? Is to know someone. Yeah. yeah. And also like, I mean, are you really friends if you don't know that person's address? <laughs> That's true. Or are anything really? about them. Or Yeah. yeah. What I mean, they like, what they don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Acquaintances at best. So let's try to be friends with Krishna. Yeah. Love yeah. It. All right. Text one. Take it away, Priya. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Now hear, O son of Pritha, how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me, Krishna, with mind attached to me, Krishna, you can know me, Krishna, in full, free, in full, free from doubt. I love that. So Krishna is speaking, yeah. And he's talking to Arjuna about how 
practicing in full consciousness. Like, and now I think he's going to dive deeper into who he is and have his, how our mind can be attached to him and know him in full, and full I, faith. I got excited when I read this word or this line free from doubt, because we talked yes. about doubts are so natural. Mm-hmm. They come up for everybody, yeah. but wouldn't it be so nice at some point to be free from doubt? And Krishna is literally saying that at some point in the path, that is possible. You yeah. just have to get there and deeply know me, which is difficult. But when you do reach that point, you will be free from doubt. Yeah. And what is the one thing that all atheists have? And atheism is actually on the rise, right? Around the world. It's like atheists have doubt, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have a doubt that a superior divine being exists. And for whatever reason, they have that doubt. But I think if God is telling you in this spiritual text, this is how you can form a relationship with me. And then you can know me without any doubt. Right. Isn't that kind of, he's kind of hitting the nail on the head with with a hammer because he knows intrinsically that if you are an intelligent person seeking answers, you will also have doubts. Right. So right. here's how you he's mitigate also, that. Yeah. He's also being really vulnerable because oh, yeah. he's kind of Aww. saying like, here's everything Aww. that I am. And yeah. like in, the, in that way, we also have the opportunity to say, well, are you really? We have that opportunity to question, but he's saying, no, here's what I am. And like, I hope that you can see me. Yeah, you know, that's beautiful. I love that. I've never yeah. even thought of Krishna ever being vulnerable, but that's it's such a sweet quality. Yeah, because I, I mean, whenever we open ourselves to others and we express who we are, there's yeah. a, there's a ju- there's a place for judgment or question 100%. or whatever it might be. And I think Krishna is being vulnerable and saying, "Here's everything to know about me." Right. Right. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, the seventh chapter of the Gita is going to go into the nature of Krishna consciousness and fully describe, like you say, how Krishna is. He's going to put himself in a vulnerable position. This is. This is real. This is me. You know, <laughs> oh, I, yes. I was about to sing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so Krishna reveals it, Krishna is full in all his opulences and how he, Krishna, manifests such opulences is described here. Also interesting what we're going to learn about four kinds of fortunate people who become attracted to Krishna and four kinds of unfortunate people who sadly never take to Krishna. It's all laid out in this chapter. Mm. Oh, I love that. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. And I think one thing that's interesting is up until now, you might think, haven't we been learning about Krishna? But literally the first six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, we've been the living entity, us, we've been described as non-material spirit souls capable of elevating ourselves to self-realization by different types of yoga. We've dived into the different types of yoga, what they are. At the end of the sixth chapter, it was stated that concentrating our mind upon Krishna, or in other words, Krishna consciousness, is the highest form of yoga. And only when we concentrate our mind on Krishna are we really able to know him completely. So, um, yeah, it, it laid out like the philosophy, the, 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 we set the stage in a way to be able to learn more about Krishna because we couldn't open the Gita and right off the bat, start learning about all his qualities without knowing, yep. well, what for, what for, what for and what's the purpose and of how all to, of and, it. And if we look at the big picture of what's happening here in the battlefield, we just had a conversation where Arjuna and Krishna are going back and forth and saying like, well, what, what are we supposed to, what if someone 
Okay, so Arjuna is like, what if something, uh, like someone goes into this path and they follow it, but then they can't fulfill? And Krishna's mm-hmm. like, that doesn't matter. You have a spiritual bank account and it continues right. on, right? And so why is it important that Krishna is saying this? So far he's been saying, this is my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. right. And now he's going to back it up with, why is my opinion important? Who am I? Who am I? And like, why should you listen to me? Obviously Arjuna right. already has the information. They're cousins. And yeah. he's also his best, one of his best friends. Like they're right. very close. But he's also telling this to us, right? Because right. at the end of the day, this is for our benefit. And Arjuna is asking all the questions for us, you right. know? In how many spiritual texts out there have an actual God convincing someone of their godliness, right? Mm, or like, yeah. or like, providing some logic and rationale mm. to why they are a divine being. Right. Right. right Usually yeah. people are like, Oh, I, or, I'm God. That's I'm it. God, that's it. Right. Or like, or this person said that this exactly. person is God and therefore we need to believe them yes. without any back backing or rationale. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. I think it's very interesting that this chapter is all about Krishna talking about himself mm. and why he is the divine. Right. Very interesting. And it's interesting because we have spoken a little bit about Krishna so far. We learned about the the impersonal Brahma Jyoti, which we talked about as the energy of Krishna. Like when we go on walks in nature, we might feel like, oh, I'm connected to the energy, to the nature. That's that's Krishna. That's his impersonal energy. We also learned about the, the Paramatma in our heart. That is Krishna in our heart too. So one might think we have learned about Krishna, but aha, it is not perfect, full knowledge of the absolute truth. It's partial. We've learned about his partial energies. His full and scientific knowledge is Krishna and everything revealed to the person in Krishna consciousness. I like how they said their scientific knowledge in the purport because oh. really it, it's a whole science of getting to know Krishna, you know? Yep. And there's this line that I like, um, only by hearing from Krishna or from mm. his devotee in Krishna consciousness, mm-hmm. one can understand the science of Krishna. And if yeah. we look at our own lives, right? How many, how did we fall in love with Krishna? Mm-hmm. We heard I yes. heard other people talk about him. Yeah. We read things about him. For me, it was my guru writing diaries about Krishna. And I fell in love with Krishna through his words describing Krishna. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And right. so it's it's from like pure devotees or Krishna himself that one can truly learn to understand Krishna. Right. I, I love that you said that. And it made me think about like, how do we make friends? Think about mm-hmm. it, right? There's kind of two ways and maybe there's more, but these are the ones that come to mind to me. Either you put yourself in a vulnerable position mm-hmm. of approaching someone and being open and interested in learning about them, which is one way to look at this Bhagavad Gita in an open way to learn about Krishna, right? Mm -hmm. Or you meet them through someone else, right? Someone who speaks of them. Like, how did I meet you? I met you through someone named Radha Bhakti who was like, hey, there's some devotees from Texas. They're really great. They're really fantastic. They're really just beautiful devotees. And can they stay over at your house? And I was like, okay, cool. I trust this person. Yeah. And therefore, wow, I, I didn't be- know it was Radha Bhakti. Oh, That's 100%. Cool. Yeah, 100%. And Super then you sweet. stayed at my house, which I never remembered until years later. <laughs> but but the, here's the thing we, we, I trusted that source, right? Right. And right. so when we hear from someone who also loves that person, right? Yeah. yeah. Then we're like, oh yeah. my God, I would love to get to know that person. And similarly, here, Krishna is saying, <laughs> if you learn from me, from others who, who, you know, understand me, you'll also get to love me. Right. I love that. And knowing me in complete knowledge also, because you know, that partial knowledge would be just knowing about Krishna in our heart or just knowing about his impersonal energy, like, okay, nature and his material creation, that's his impersonal energy, but that's not him. So in complete Krishna consciousness, that's when we really know about Krishna and his full self beyond 
doubts. That's real knowledge beyond any doubts of him and his qualities and the different types of yogas we've learned. They're only stepping stones of the path on the path of Krishna consciousness. But when we practice Krishna consciousness yoga, that's how they call it here, which I like the word tacked on there, Krishna consciousness yoga, <laughs> one can know everything in full. Basically, we can know the, na the name and the form and the shape of the absolute truth, the living entities, the material nature and their manifestations and all of that. So can I ask a question for you guys? Yeah. How did you guys fall in love with Krishna? Was there a moment or a specific thing that you heard or something that was said to you by someone that you respect where, where it was like, oh, it clicks. Because mm. for me, it was those, those diaries from my guru, right? Mm. And, and he also made a visit to Hong Kong and he was doing a lecture there when I was maybe like 21 years old. And it, it really stuck with me, his words, mm. right? Because mm. I was like, this man loves Krishna. Let me figure this out a little bit more, right? Why is mm. he in love with this personality? Mm. So was there a moment in, in your lives where there was a moment where like, oh, there's something about this Krishna guy and <laughs> I need to find out more or you fell in love? You know what I think of? Um, it can also be a whole collection of moments, right? Because when you fall in love with a person in this realm, a human, time. sometimes, or not even just it takes time, but it's hard to pinpoint one exact moment I fell in love. It's a whole collection of moments that deepens and leads to this growing feeling that permeates mm -hmm. your entire being. So thinking to one specific moment, was there ever a moment that it wasn't? Because, you know, for I've been hearing of Krishna from the time I was younger. And I think it just through the adversities and the challenges that you face in life. And as you get older, it just keeps getting like deeper and deeper and deeper. And in a way, the chi a child's love is very innocent and very pure, right? So it's not, not to discredit that. You might see a kid and sometimes they get it without even knowing they get it. And I found, mm -hmm. the, uh, not that long ago, I found a little card I wrote for uh, Radharani, who's like the feminine form of divinity. I wrote a card for her when I was like five years old about, uh, her qualities. And I just love you so much. And la, da, 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 I da, love da. it was little kids <laughs> writing. I didn't even remember writing that, but I thought, whoa, that's cool. Having such a clear conception of divinity from such a young age. And I don't remember what it felt like to that Shamali, but I don't know. The card was really cool to read. So then you picked right back up where you left off, right? <laughs> I like suppose literally so, as yeah. a five-year-old writing, writing love letters to the divine, the feminine divine. <laughs> and it's like, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. And I rem I have memories of being in the temple as a kid chanting. And I, I've mentioned this before. I was convinced that if I, I was in the temple in front of the deities and I was convinced that if I chanted hard enough, I'd look up and see them move. I'd look up, oh, not yet. Okay, try again. And I'd look up and I felt I it in that. such a real way, like I'll literally see them move. I just got to do it a little more. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't happen. I was still waiting. Anyway, but um, so, so I feel cute. like all of those moments, like one moment I fell in love, I don't know. It was a whole collection of moments that led me. I remember like uh, in my teenage years, I was still ice skating and I lived in Dallas and with my neighbor friend in the, in the community in Dallas, we went on a drive one night to White Rock Lake. And I remember, I don't know how to describe it, but okay. One moment where it clicks and there's probably so many different moments in your life where it clicks. But in this moment, it was nighttime. We were at the lake and I remember looking up at her and we started talking about <laughs> or looking up at the moon and I was with her and we started talking about Krishna. And then we were both looking up and for some reason, I don't know, but we just started feeling like he's right there. He's literally right there. And we both looked at each other and we started just laughing almost like an, in an incredulous way, like, oh my God. And we were like jumping up and down and looking up and just, it was so full of this 
childlike purity and like mm. we literally were like oh my god he is right there yeah. and we were running around we were totally alone in this beautiful like naturey place and then we just hop in the car and we start driving all around the lake just singing kirtan just her and I for hours it was like this spiritual high that we were feeling mm-hmm. and um I don't know there's so many different moments in your life where it'll just click for you in different ways and not all of them will be so joyful sometimes through misery you turn to Krishna and yeah. you really feel his hand there catching you and then Mm. wow that clicks in a different way you know so Mm. if you just have that consciousness to see krishna it'll click in so many different ways and over time that will add to a really deep feeling of the appreciation will turn to a deep love and then that love will just grow and grow and grow so do you have a a core memory or a collection of memories yeah i i would agree with shamali in the sense of like when you grow up in it it's hard to sort of see the beginning the beginning right Mm. but i can think of three thought processes as i was listening to you guys the stories of times Mm. when i felt a deep connection in terms of relationship right like Mm. in terms of love right because you can kind of pinpoint big parts of your relationships to that like oh that made a big impact in how i felt about this and i think the beginning was when i first got my first deities mm. um my first were borrowed someone lent me like as a, as a six say deities, like oh, statues yes. of Krishna, yeah right? it's like a little for, like a made out of ceramic or sometimes metal like a little right. krishna and form like a figurine yeah, yeah. like a figurine yeah. yeah and the first time it was someone said to me can you please take care of my deities for a few days and mm. And I did, and I was so happy. But mm-hmm. when I had to return them, I started to cry oh, because wow. I just How old loved, I was pretty young. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Just Let's, guess. Make it up. Won't believe you. <laughs> six, maybe six. Seven, wow. Okay. Something like that, right? And I was so sad, so sad that she ended up giving me a deity to keep, not the Aww. exact same one, yeah. but I got a little deity of baby Krishna. Oh. Look at you as five-year-old and six-year-old and seven-year-old like <laughs> having this intense love. That's beautiful. Yeah, Sorry, and I, No, no, no. It's Yeah. And so for me, it was like he was, uh, it was the beginning of a developing a relationship because I had a physical form to mm. connect to, right? So mm-hmm. it was like bathing him or putting clothes, but it was personal mm. and, and it wasn't treated like a doll that you just play and leave on the floor. It was treated with respect. Yeah. And like it was, it was a different kind of feeling, right? And so I feel like that was the beginning. It, I got so attached that I would, when my parents and I would travel, which wasn't all that often, but when we did, I had a fanny pack <laughs> and in the fanny pack, it had a little like, uh, like a pillow. And then my baby Krishna oh would my sleep God. in my fanny pack That's and so he would cute. go everywhere That's I would go. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, there was a, that was the beginning of sort of my attachment to a personal relationship mm. with Krishna. And then I can remember being older and someone gave me a full set of Prabhupada's kirtans and lectures. Mm. Um, and, you know, for all of the listeners, Srila Prabhupada is the person who translated the Bhagavad Gita in this particular form as it is. And is also the sort of the person that brought Krishna consciousness to the West. And so I got into listening to them. And I, when I used to, when I was younger, I couldn't understand. It was really yeah. hard, especially because English is not my first language. You right. could have fooled us, huh? Okay. <laughs> no, you heard my all my quirks. But anyways, yeah, so it was really hard for me to understand. So I never really got into it until much later in life to listening to his lectures and like kirtans and things. Um, I remember hearing him talk and it was just the way he talked or the way he sang. It was like he wholeheartedly believed mm. 
that this was the only way to be happy in this material mm, world. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like the way, the emphasis, the, the heart, I could feel his conviction, his compassion, his kindness through mm-hmm. his words. And I, I, it was the first experience for me because I had listened before and I, it didn't click the same way. And I thought, wow, I want to understand how he got to that point. Mm-hmm. Like I want to understand his, you know, like there's a feeling that sparked, yes, right? you yeah. know? And then as I got older, I would see my parents, uh, they would both uh, do service at the temple with the deities there at the temple. And that, like, I, I saw the loving, I saw how much love they put into that. And that made me feel like I want to do that one day. I want to have a closer relationship. Mm. And then yeah. as you said, uh, with our guru, he, his books are Oh my gosh, they will make you cry, but in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. They're so inspirational and they have such a practical, like, like I mean, maybe not practical, but just like very realistic way someone is living their life for Krishna and how amazing things happen to him because of that. And it's just, mm. it's so, so inspirational. So at every of these, you know, all of these moments in my life, I've thought, wow, I want to know Krishna more. I want to know Krishna more and I love yeah. him as like every, well, there's, there's so many things, you know, cause like every time I feel lonely in the world, the only thing that makes me feel not lonely is Krishna. Oh, you know, yeah. and, you know cry. That's so <laughs> and that's how, you know, like you don't want to live without this person. That's how, mm-hmm. you know, it's love, you know? So yeah. it's developed over time. And I definitely got to say my parents, especially my mother has always shown a lot of love to Krishna and to me. And so it, she, she showed me how to show love to Krishna. You know, she expressed to me like what it is to have not just the rules and regulations, mm. but like sincere interest in service yeah, and yeah. all these things. And I think I'm really grateful for that because I do feel like my relationship with Krishna right now is more about this. I just, I want to be his devotee. I don't feel like I have to and therefore I must, you know, it's yeah. like I want to, I love this philosophy. Yeah. I love yeah. everything I it makes me feel so full. I yeah. love that so much. And and I, I want to give kudos to my mom too, because she taught me the same thing. Mm. It's like, it's not about the rules, the regulations. It's about this mood yes. of, of service to yeah. this, this loving divine. You know mm. what I mean? I remember me and my mom were um, in this place called Jagannath Puri, which is in India. And it was the first time, that, usually we travel with our family because we're scared of traveling alone, like without <laughs> our, with our cousins and whatnot. But me and her were traveling alone to this place this one time and there's a temple there with lord jagannath which is another version of krishna just in a different form and we were we were so scared because we're (laughs) like we're not used to being in india by alone right and uh, we waited for hours and hours and hours for the temple to open and i saw lord jagannath for the first time and i remember feeling like this sense, I just started crying, but I was not like sad. I was so happy to see him. And I don't know what bodily reaction yes. was coming out. And I saw my mom, she was crying too. Aww. And I was just like, and and then I, I like, I like her level of devotion eventually came down to me. And I'm so grateful that for that, because mm. she, she used to have like a little Krishna doll and she would go to like build a bear, you know, those build a bear workshops yeah. in the mall yeah. and she would buy him little clothes and stuff Aww. like that. And so like, it's not about, you know, how many books you read or how much verses you can memorize. It comes down to those little moments of like yeah. caring for Krishna, yes. buying him little, little clothes, you know, like making sure if it's a windy day outside, he like, you make him like tiny little slippers or a scarf or whatnot. It's like those <laughs> mm. moments of just pure love. Mm. That's what Krishna cares about more than anything. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I totally agree with both of you that, yeah, 
shout out to all our parents that seem to do a great job. Like Mm. our first gurus, essentially, who I agree with you guys with mine also instilled such love. So I, I, I couldn't, it wouldn't be a complete answer without totally giving them the credit that, oh, I mean, they showed me the way they They uh, led by example, led by example. And I think like you guys said, I totally feel that, that they preached that not preached, but they showed me that it was really about love and not about this rigid path. It's something that has to be born from your heart. And they instilled that in me from young. So that Mm -hmm. was just such a foundation. And I agree with also Priya, what you said and Shama about, uh, the guru. Then when you actually meet your spiritual guru, that, that also is like another tidal wave of like inspiration in a whole different way. So our parents gave us a certain inspiration and it carried us through and propelled us. And then when we finally Krishna sent us the perfect guru for us, that takes it to a whole other level in a different way. That's also super special. So all of these waves of inspiration that we're riding and mercy from Krishna, um, that really, I think, yeah, we're fortunate to have because when we finally then meet our guru, it just brings it to a whole other level of like, oh, wow, this individual I'm so inspired by. And it brings my love for Krishna in such a deep way. Yeah. Bringing it back to the verse for a second. It's like, it's like we're been cultivating or trying to cultivate this relationship. And Krishna talks about how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me with your mind attached to me, you can know me in full. And I think Mm -hmm. the more that we practice this relationship, the more that we can know Krishna Free from doubt. Right, right. Yes. And so it says here, it says, as we hear more about Krishna, we become Mm -hmm. fixed in the devotional service of the Lord, which then becomes, we meet then, which then we become free from the modes of passion and ignorance. Right. Thus, material lust and avarice are diminished. So Mm. the more we are engaged in learning about Krishna and being actively and practicing Krishna consciousness, the more we are free from passion, ignorance, lust, and greed because avarice is greed yep. i believe right. yeah right so these things are removed and those things are the ones that kind of keep us away from krishna that bind us to the rat race and the circle of death and birth and death and birth right. exactly. over and over again so when these impurities are wiped away the person remains steady in his position of pure goodness becomes uh, that person that becomes his The candidate remains steady in his position of pure goodness, becomes enlightened by devotional service and understands the sign of God perfectly. So that process, right? Mm -hmm. We hear about Krishna. We become uh, fixed in service to him. And that creates, uh, it frees us from passion and ignorance, uh, lust and greed. And therefore we can stay in a a position of pure goodness. Mm. Right. So we can understand him better. And you know, this is the thing. When we start chanting more, we start being in the company of devotees or we start doing this more, we naturally have a a less of an inclination to do things that are bad for us. You know what I mean? Naturally. And more of an inclination to do more also. Of the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other day I went and we gathered together all the ladies that make uh, flower uh, arrangements like flowered garlands are yeah. called they're like necklaces and like just made different. out of flowers necklaces yeah, made, out made out of flowers. flowers and they're usually put on the deities anyways they, we gathered together to have a meeting the first time ever i've lived here for you know six years almost flower make flower garland making meeting yeah and it was so <laughs> lovely to see all of the people and how much they care oh. about doing the service yeah. and like we were talking to to yes and anyways it, it was just being there in that room with all of those people who sincerely just were so happy to be doing the service made me think 
wow, I just want to be in their association more. Mm. I want to be hang out with them more and do more spiritual <laughs> things. Like this is right. such an amazing mode of goodness. Like it was so like jovial, happy, mm. like everyone in the same happy mood, you know? Right. Yep. So the more you're in it, the more you want to be in it, yeah. but in the greatest of ways. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing that that kind of emphasizes the really hearing about Krishna, which is what we're doing here. We're hearing about Krishna and talking about Krishna in this podcast. And you, the listeners, are engaged in this beautiful cycle. Because here it says, to hear about Krishna or to hear from him, Krishna, directly through the Bhagavad Gita, is itself righteous activity. So look at us doing righteous activity. We're trying. We're, we're trying. trying. <laughs> no, but it is righteous what we're doing. And for one who hears about Krishna... Lord Krishna, who is dwelling in everyone's heart, acts as a best well-wishing friend and purifies the devotee who constantly engages in hearing of him. In this way, a devotee naturally develops his dormant transcendental knowledge. So this knowledge through talking about it, it's already in there. It's dormant. It's just waiting to be awoken. And this part I wanted to emphasize reminded me of something I have here that Radhana Swami says, um, because he talks about the power of regular association with like-minded individuals, and that's key for continual inspiration. He says, when there is a sangha or a gathering of sincere and grateful devotees who are all coming together to help, Krishna tells Narada Muni that my presence will be wherever the devotees gather together to chant my names and glories. So if you are oh, listening to this podcast right now, Krishna is saying that he will personally give more of his direct presence when we're trying to take our steps towards him. And that's what we're trying to do right now. It's very beautiful. All, All right. right. Text number two. All right. Goshama. Krishna is saying, I shall now declare unto you in, f in full this knowledge, both phenomenal and numinous. Yeah. <laughs> cool. This being known, nothing further shall remain for you to know. Okay, let me try that again. I shall now declare unto you in full this knowledge, both phenomenal and numinous. This being known, nothing further shall remain for you to know. So essentially he's saying, you don't need to know anything besides this. Right? Yes. I'm right. going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything I know about me. I'm going to tell you everything about the divine. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about how to conduct yourself next, next steps on the battle. And you need to know that this is all you need to know. Yeah. And by the mm -hmm. way, numinous means having a strong religious or spiritual quality. So divinity, mm. yeah. divine, spiritual like that. Okay, perfect. Mm. So Krishna's about to break down some knowledge now, I think, right? right. He's yes. about to fully go he, into he's this. He's preparing us. He's preparing right. us for just to know that this is all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, all of us are searching for the purpose in life, what we need to do, how do we need to conduct ourselves. And like Krishna's like, I'm going to break it down for you now. Yes. Right. And I love the first purport, the, ver, uh, the first Ah, the sentence. first sentence, thank yeah. you, in the purport. Complete knowledge includes knowledge of the phenomenal world, the spirit behind it, and the source of both of them. So oftentimes, you know, in this life, we just get to know about this world, but there's there's a spirit behind it and a source to both of them. We're trying to, we're interested in the source. And that's exactly what chapter seven is going to do. I love it. Anything Sweet. else for text two? Just the last line says, when the cause of all causes becomes known, meaning Krishna. So when the cause of all causes becomes known, then everything knowable becomes known and nothing <laughs> remains unknown. Ooh. I love that. What a That's <laughs> like right. a riddle. That's good. All, all right. right. Text number three, Shamali. Oh, I love this text. Okay. Out of many thousands amongst men, 
Okay, let me start again. <laughs> I got excited. Out of many thousands among men, one may endeavor for perfection. And of those who have achieved perfection, hardly one knows me in truth, says Krishna. So, so a lot of people are trying to figure out this knowledge. One may endeavor for perfection and those who have achieved perfection... Hardly anyone knows him. Like, if you're trying mm-hmm. to really know God, who really knows God? Right. Yeah, Yeah, because generally he's saying mankind is simply interested and engaged in <laughs> animal propensities. Eating, meeting, the- mating, sleeping, defending. Meeting too, meeting mates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hardly anyone is interested in all of these transcendental topics and really getting to know Krishna. And even out of the people who try to get to know him, only one in many really, really actually do. Makes That's sense, true. actually. If, if you God, look at the real... Yeah, if God is responsible for the universe, the planets, the nature, us, our karma, every, everything, how do we really, really know someone who is... Who is everything and everything? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's that's it's magnanim- magnanimous. It's a lot of a lot to conceptualize. Yes. like even I know you guys, right? Yeah. But we I don't know everything. You about don't know you. everything about me. I don't no. know you in full, as yeah. Krishna is saying. He's yeah, trying yeah. to have us know him in full. Imagine and he who is extraordinary, who's everything. And we're, how yeah. do we know him? We're in full? not going to get to know him through our mind and through our own knowledge. It's just yeah. going to be when he chooses to reveal himself through you, and that's when we surrender enough. We yes. open ourselves when enough. We yeah, yes, all those yes. things. And I like how they lay it out. Basically, even the first six chapters of the Gita that we went over are meant for those who are interested in transcendental knowledge, in understanding the self, the super self, and the process of realization by jnana yoga and dhyana yoga and discrimination of self from matter. So even all of those topics that sound spiritual, even that is not the highest, highest of knowing Krishna. We were totally just laying the foundation because jnana uh, yoga, knowledge, dhyana yoga, meditation, that's still not bhakti yoga. So however, Krishna can be known only by persons who are in Krishna consciousness. Yeah. There's this notion in the, in the purport where it says that no one can really understand Krishna through their material senses. Right. But Krishna reveals himself to his devotees, being pleased with them for their transcendental mm-hmm. loving service onto them. So we actually get like a little bit of a sneak peek, the behind the scenes, right? Mm. Like no one can really know God just by by their five senses, right? right? But if you have this loving attitude, this bhakti yoga attitude, this, this, this endeavor to spend your whole life understanding Krishna, he will re- reveal himself to you with time because of that service. It makes right. sense. I, I think even us as, as human beings... Uh, don't just let everyone in into our lives, right? Yeah. We don't right. tell everyone everything, right? We have to kind of gauge whether they're serious. They're serious. Yeah. They're interested. They're kind. Their intentions are right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And once we gauge all of that, we're like, okay, let me give you a little piece. Let's see yeah. how you yeah. digest that. Oh, you still want to be my friend? Cool. Let me give you a little yeah. more. <laughs> and that's the process. So like what to speak of of us trying to be friends with Krishna. Mm. He's like, okay, I give you a little piece, but I want to be, I want to make sure you're yeah. serious because otherwise what's happening here is I'm just putting myself out there and you don't like me. And then mm. that hurts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> That's real. And it just, it lays even further in the purport how difficult it is because even people who are on this path and have transcendental realization, even for them, it's difficult. So it basically says it's not possible for the Brahman realized impersonalist or the Paramatma realized yogi to understand Krishna. So, okay, Brahman realized impersonalist. What is that? Uh, the people that believe that we all merged into one. Right, right. Exactly. And they, they understand that there's 
Krishna to some essence, but it's more like an effulgence, like yeah, this light. Exactly. And Paramatma realized yogi. A person who meditates and understands that Krishna is within them, okay. but might not understand the whole picture either. Right. That is still partial knowledge. So for those two types of people, it is not possible to understand Krishna, even though you would think Paramatma is Krishna in your heart. Doesn't that count? It counts. It's not the full picture though. So it is not possible for them to... Oh, before you go on. Yeah, actually, yeah. like I'm thinking about why is that not possible? Think of a scientist, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they may not be considered yogis, but they understand that there's some particle in us that makes us live even without... Right? right? Like... You can have a heart transplant and, and you still live, a yep. lung transplant, all of these things, right? And you still live. So they understand that there's some mm-hmm. consciousness within us, right? right? Something greater. Right, right. So they might understand Paramatma to some capacity, not fully, but they are still don't know Krishna at all. Exactly. So many types of people out there. Right. So for these two, even the yogi, it's impossible to understand Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead as the son of Mother Yashoda or the charioteer of Arjuna. Even the great demigods, it says, are sometimes confused about Krishna. Krishna says, no one knows me as I am, the Lord says. And if one does know Krishna... Such a great soul is very rare. No, hmm. that makes me a little sad for Krishna. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> think he has the same existential crises. <laughs> That's fair. Where, that we have, where we're like, we're on social media, media being like, validate me, look at me, validate me. I don't think he has that. Because he's <laughs> like surrounded. insecurity. Yeah, he, for sure. I but he might still be like, I the most friends. No, no, no. Well, I, think, I think the way that he is mentioning this like nobody knows me is like they don't know the greatness of me and like everything that I have achieved and I have created and everything that I am and what I'm doing like constantly in the world right I think um and if anything he's probably if there is sadness maybe it's sad for us because he knows that when we're not connected to him to our source we are the ones suffering you know it's true and he wants the best for us as our ever well wisher our they said like almost like a mother and a maintainer right so if there's sadness he's sad for us and when we finally finally go back to our eternal home he wants us to just finally get rid of the suffering and of the rat race and he'll be like thank you i've missed you i was longing for you so it's yeah, he wants our best interest. And it says only the pure devotees can know something of the inconceivable transcendental qualities in Krishna, his being the cause of all causes, his omnipotence and opulence, his wealth, fame, strength, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation, because Krishna is benevolently inclined to his devotees. Love that. I love that. <laughs> that's really, that's really beautiful. Anything else on this purport? No, we're about to get into it. All right. Are we going to get into it? Text number four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. Altogether, these eight constitute my, Krishna, separated material energies. Okay. So now this is the part of chapter seven when we're actually getting to know the details mm. of who Krishna is, what he consists of, what his powers are, mm-hmm. all of these things. And I That's what I love about chapter uh, seven, actually. Like we really get into the, 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 the bones. Yes. The, granular things, all the things. The beyond meat of, right. of, <laughs> of who Krishna is. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, so these, all of these things that he mentioned, like these are not things that you can buy and you know yeah. what I mean? Like these are like, and if you can, it's, I mean, you can make. Yeah. You can't make them. You, you can't cannot, make it, right? You know? The earth, right? He says, boomy. You can't make the earth. He is 
earth is part of Krishna. Water is part of Krishna. Fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. These const- these together make my, what is it? Eight constitute my separate material energies. Yeah. Mm. Eight material energies. It's interesting because yeah. it's true. We cannot create these ourselves. I mean, we can replicate, but not create. Right. right? What can we replicate though? Fire. Um, but we can't create fire from nothing, right? Right. We need the elements which also are created by him. Yes, exactly. Mind and intelligence. That's fascinating. I'm trying to understand what mind could refer to. Because intelligence, it says in the purport that intelligence refers to the total material creation. But it also probably refers to our intelligence to some extent, right? Right. Even this notion of false ego, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we think like, oh, this is my iPhone, don't touch it. Or this is my be- my belongings. Like that's this notion of false ego, which is interesting because Krishna's like, I am also that, right? Yeah. I am your mind. I am your intelligence. I am also your false ego. Yeah. So he's everything he's that's all associated. all these energies. Yeah. Wow. 100%. So, so he's like these, these actual like material energies, those five things, right? Earth, water, fire, air, ether, but also these subtle energies too, right? That we all have. We all have intelligence, mind, and Mm -hmm. false ego. And and the cool thing about the first five, it says that the first five are manifestations of physical, like they're actually manifestations of things that we experience every day too. Physical sound, touch, form, taste, and smell. Yes. So it's all connected into like, Krishna makes up every aspect of our bodies, if you really think about it. Right. And the next part, right after what you read, Priya, it says, okay, material science comprises these 10 items and nothing more. But the other three forms, namely mind, intelligence, and false ego, are neglected by the materialist. And maybe philosophers deal with who deal with mental activities, they also don't have perfect full knowledge because they don't know the ultimate source or Krishna. So they might know, okay, the ego and different terms, but it's it's not complete. Yeah, it says false ego is I am and right. it is mine, which constitutes the basic principle of material existence, right? right? So anytime we think I am this, I am that is false ego because real ego is knowing that Krishna is those qualities. Right. That Krishna owns everything. That yeah. he's given us these qualities, but they're not. They're only temporary, actually, because when our soul moves to another body, like that next body that Shamali might have will not be a skater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be a singer or something else, right? Like different mm-hmm. qualities that we might have in this lifetime are only temporary. So they're only, you know, given to us by him. Very right. interesting. Super fascinating. Krishna is really just starting to explain a little bit about himself right now. Yeah. I right. Like it. And it's true a little bit. This is just the tip of the iceberg because yep. Krishna is so much more than just these elements and these uh, combinations. The beginning of it says the science of God analyzes the constitutional position of God and his diverse energies. Material nature is called Prakriti. So we're dealing a lot with the material nature here or the energy of the Lord in his different incarnations or Purushas. So for material creation, Lord Krishna's plenary expansion assumes three different forms. Do we want to talk quickly yeah, about yeah, the let's, forms? Let's, let's put them overall. There's these names, but they're kind of hard to remember we'll or hard over. to distinction. We can still say them, but then we can simplify them. Yeah, yeah. right. So these are three different so energies one, for Shamali. material creation. The first one, or Mahavishnu, creates the total material energy 
known as the Mahatattva. So that's like everything, everything in the material realm. Everything. All material energy is created. all at once. Okay. It's, it's, everything everywhere all at once. Yes. <laughs> everything. Yes. It's created by this particular energy of Krishna called Mahavishnu. Right. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Priya, second. The second one is Garbhadak, Garbhadakashai Vishnu. And it is the one that creates diversity within each universe. Mm. That's really cool. So yeah, Garbhadakshai Vishnu enters all of the universes. Yeah. Yes, to create diversity. diversity in each of them. Wow. And Shama Sangeeta, what's the third one? Oh my God, I can't pronounce it. It's, Say it. it's an S. It's like third Zero. axle. Zero Dakshahi Vishnu. Is that right? <laughs> That's pretty close. That is. It just, Are you like guys being just being nice? No. Zero yeah. Dakshahi Vishnu. There we go. Yeah. Is the all-pervading super soul in all universes and is known as Paramatma. Paramatma. <laughs> which, we've, which we've talked about before. And okay. That's so, the so those are the three. All of us. So the yeah. first one is uh, the energy that creates total material energy. So everything. Yes. Everything. The second one is the one that creates diversity within the universes. Yep. And then the third one is the, little the super soul in every single one. These are all the energies of mm-hmm. Krishna and how they're, they're divided into this right. universe. And furthermore, it says Krishna is even present within the atoms. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. It's in every in all every atoms. atom. So all literally, you can look anywhere, and Krishna's there. Krishna's I mean, of everywhere. Course. We are parts and parcels of Krishna, guys. All of the atoms, and what we <laughs> all of the atoms, and what we just described is only one portion of his energy, because this material world is a temporary manifestation of one, just one of the energies of the Lord. And all of the activities of the material world are directed by these three expansions of Lord Krishna. So this is literally just the tip of the iceberg. So that's it. I mean, we're about to learn so much about Krishna, but this is sort of the beginning, right? Right. The beginning of understanding his energies. We're going to understand who he is in relation to to everything that we understand. Time, uh, nature, everything, everything. He's going to explain. Mountains, animals, everything. Everything. This chapter is going to get crazy. So please stick with us and we're going to have a good time. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're going to have the best time. Thank (laughs) you for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi